This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Nation, it is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And as y'all can see, I'm at the radio station right now, and I'm standing up for this edition of the State of the Saints podcast because I'm going to be 100% honest with you, who that nation, uh, your boy kind of upset. I'm upset doing this show. So, a lot of venom probably going to get spewed around here on this edition of the State of the Saints podcast because the topic of discussion on this edition is why isn't the national media giving the respect to the New Orleans Saints? And this actually comes from the latest power ranking. Uh, they have the Saints ranked as number 19, the 19th best team in the NFL. And I have to say, who that nation, I am very, very disappointed, very upset and how the national media portrays the New Orleans Saints. And this isn't like the first year this has happened. This has happened on several occasions where the national media decides to dismiss the New Orleans Saints with their preseason predictions or what have you. They have the Saints always missing the playoffs. They have the Saints always failing. They have the Saints always being dead last, picking in the top 10. And it just seems like to me that they don't want to give this team any type of respect. Now, before I get started with this whole, uh, you know, spill, uh, first, I want to apologize to Ghostface Griller. Yeah, that's right. I want to apologize to Ghostface Griller on last night on the last edition of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, he donated to the show through Super Chat, and I failed to read that. So want to apologize to Ghostface Griller. I have his comments up here. Um, and and for all those whoever, you know, Super Chats I missed in the past, I do apologize. I appreciate everybody's support of the State of Saints podcast, but Ghostface Griller donated uh, $10 on the last edition. He says the hate for Jameis is real. It's sad to go through life not wanting to give someone a second chance. And I agree with that because this whole thing about the New Orleans Saints has a lot to do with Jameis Winston. And I have a few clips for you all, okay, to, to let everybody know that I'm not tripping, right? I, I just want to tell you all and show you all that I ain't tripping. And the first clip 
is going to come from Jason McIntyre when he was a guest host on Speak for Yourself. And this is what he said. Let me take a quick timeout, a little 30-second timeout, and remind you guys, what did we see from Jameis Winston the last time he was a starter? Because, you know, last year he was in New Orleans, and Sean Payton was like, nah, you're not ready. Give me Taysom Hill. Guys, I don't know why you're so optimistic about Jameis Winston and this new, kinder, gentler Jameis Winston. Oh, he's so mature now. You don't even mention he got LASIK in the offseason. I thought that would be the lead for you, Rick. Uh, Jameis can now see again. We're all excited for him. Just let's look at the reality. When Hall of Fame quarterbacks step down, teams take a big step back. I mean, you can look through history. John Elway walks away from Denver. They lose four more games. Peyton Manning leaves Denver. They lose more games. Look at Tom Brady last year. Hall of Famer leaves New England. They crater. It is a fact. Look back 20, 25 years in the league. When a Hall of Fame quarterback leaves, the team struggles. And this idea that Jameis Winston who, by the way, will not be throwing to Emmanuel Sanders, will not be throwing to Jared Cook, will not be throwing to Michael Thomas, who's going to start the season on the sideline because of surgery. I mean, LeVar, you look at this Saints wide receiver depth chart, you're looking at guys that you probably don't even know exist. They had a combined, yeah. the starters at wide receiver, six touchdowns last season. I'm just saying, right, this is real talk right now. If anything happens to Alvin Kamara, this Saints team is probably going to have a top five or six pick in the draft. Okay, this is not about Jameis. He's not a very good quarterback. I'm sorry, Rick. I hate to, you know, start off on a negative note here to start the show. I know I'm Mr. Optimistic, but the fact of the matter is Jameis Winston is just not a good quarterback. (sighs) Jason McIntyre is a guy who does things for shock value and he is a guy that feels that the people that he is talking to don't understand football. Let's go ahead and dissect a little bit of what he said. All right, let's let's go ahead and dissect this. Number one, uh, he talked about uh, quarterbacks that are legendary quarterbacks leave a team, you know, and the team falters. Right? He named people like John Elway. Uh, he named people like Peyton Manning. Right? He named people like Tom Brady. But he did fail to mention people like when Joe Montana left, Steve Young was the quarterback. Uh, he failed to mention the same person that he tried to use to try to, to verify his point. Peyton Manning left the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck had the Colts in the playoffs and an AFC championship before. I mean, he, I mean, he even mentioned, you know, he didn't mention Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. So for that particular situation, for every quarterback that you can come up with, I can come up with somebody to count at. They they have a succession plan, and a succession plan leads to success. Now, for all this stuff that he's talking about, Jameis Winston not being a good quarterback, you do not throw for 5,000 yards and not be a good quarterback. Now, you can talk about the turnovers all day and all night, but you cannot throw for 5,000 yards if you don't possess some type of talent as a quarterback. This is a guy that does things strictly for shock value. This is a guy that wants to dismiss the New Orleans Saints. They're talking about how the Saints aren't going to be a good football team. He talked about how Michael Thomas is not going to be in the lineup, but he failed to mention or say that Michael Thomas was not in the lineup last season, along with Drew Brees being out for a couple games with bruised ribs. So you actually had Taysom Hill throwing to these same guys. It wasn't Drew Brees throwing to these guys. It was Taysom Hill, who we all can agree, well, some of us may not, that Jameis Winston is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. So how is it that these guys can find success without Drew Brees being out of the lineup, bringing Taysom Hill in to throw to these same guys that you're saying that are not good? How is it that a guy like Jameis Winston, who was rookie of the year, who threw for 5,000 yards, who – you know what I'm saying? For the most part, played pretty decent you know, in Tampa Bay. And the same quarterback over the last five seasons that everybody's trying to downplay had better success in the first five seasons than the guy that he is replacing. Sorry, Saints fans, but it's a fact. How can you just dismiss the fact that that all happened? But, of course, he feels like he's talking to people that don't understand football, and this whole take-my-word-for-it thing is in full effect. That is what I'm talking about. But it's not done. I mean, the criticism continues. Let's let's go to somebody I respect. 
Let's talk about Rich Eisen. At New England. With Jameis Winston. At With Jameis Winston at quarterback, which I believe is going to work out for the Saints, whose defense might be having more short fields on occasion than they've been used to with Drew Brees as their quarterback. But that said, that's the way the Saints season is going to start. Oh, I think it's going to work, but the Saints defense are going to have some short fields. Really? You might as well just say it's not going to pan out because basically you just drew a shot at the guy saying that the Saints are going to fail and they're going to have a whole bunch of turnovers. See, this is that whole thing that even Yo-Face Griller was talking about. People don't believe in second chances. Or do they? Could it be that they want to give second chances to the individuals that they want to give second chances to? Because when people talk about Jameis Winston, I tend to see different energy when they talk about other quarterbacks. For example, like Sam Darnold. Good for Sam Darnold. Uh, I think it's going to be two questions answered at one time. One is... Was he a product of his environment or will he produce in his new environment or and will he produce in his new environment? Because I think a lot of evaluators, myself included, thinks that Sam Darnold got a raw deal playing for the Jets, especially playing for Adam Gase and that Adam Gase effect. How is it that a guy, let me pull up these stats. Let me, while I'm waiting, let me, let me pull up these stats. Okay. Give me a minute. Let me, let me pull up the stats for Sam Donald, okay? Let's look at his career stats, right? Sam Donald, 45 touchdowns, 39 interceptions, a 59.8 completion percentage, 8,097 yards, right? Let's talk about his 2020 campaign. He completed 59.6% of his passes, 2,200 yards, nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Now, how is it that they can talk about Sam Donald? being a product of his environment. But you won't look at the fact that Jameis Winston, for the exception of last year, Tampa found success with a the all-time great quarterback in Tom Brady and not the same team. You were not going to put the same team on the field with Tom Brady that you were going to put with Jameis Winston. They did not put emphasis on the running game. They did not put emphasis on the offensive line the way that they put it when Tom Brady became the quarterback. So how is it that you get a guy who was first pick overall. Last time I checked, if you're first pick overall, you're not a good franchise. Will we call the Jacksonville Jaguars a good franchise? No. Will we call the Cincinnati Bengals last season when they drafted Joe Burrow a good franchise? No. So how is it that Jameis Winston does not get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to some of these other quarterbacks? Sam Donald gets the benefit of the doubt. Oh, it's Adam Gates. But we're not looking at the fact that Jameis Winston had three head coaches throughout his entire career. And he's he's going into his seventh season. And not to mention, he went to a guy who is so egotistical, a guy that lives and died by his system so much that he almost sabotaged the season last year until somebody actually came to him and said, we need to change this offense up in order to make it Tom Brady friendly. Let's start throwing the ball out of the backfield. Let's start doing some play action plays. Let's start implementing some of these things we said in New England. So do you think that if Jameis Winston was struggling last season, that Bruce Arians would have swallowed his pride and said, okay, we're going to look at some of the things that Jameis does good? No. What's the difference? Well, one guy won six Super Bowls. The other guy hasn't won any. One guy's the most well-respected quarterback probably in NFL history. The other guy is just a guy who, you know what I'm saying, that's drawing a whole lot of turnovers. Cachet is one of the main issues that helped Tampa Bay win the Super Bowl. And the fact that people are looking at Jameis Winston like this dude is just an all-time failure. The fact that people are just looking at one season, a 2019 campaign, as if this dude was in his first year in the league. As if this dude wasn't rookie of the year, as if he didn't throw, uh, you know, a lower volume of interceptions, like maybe between 12 to 15 interceptions throughout his career. People are looking at an outlier and they're saying that this is who this guy is. And they're trying to bring the, the New Orleans Saints team down in the process because I'm telling you who that nation. I don't care what anybody says. There is an agenda that is out right now. 
the Saints do not fit the status quo of what the national media actually wants. They want ratings. They want nostalgia. That's why they continue to talk about the same teams, regardless if those teams make the playoffs or not, regardless if they find success or not, no matter if they keep on changing up coaches or changing up front office people, they're going to continue to talk about those people because it's all about ratings. If we're looking at teams based on success, based on playoff appearances, based on coaching, based on front office, why aren't the Saints always at the top? We give other teams the benefit of the doubt. I didn't see when Aaron Rodgers was out there on the street. I didn't see Aaron Rodgers uh, when they didn't know if he was going to come back or not. I didn't see the power rankings uh, drop the Green Bay Packers. I didn't see that. So all of a sudden you're saying, oh, Jordan Love, he can come in and he can light it up. How do you know? How do you know Jordan Love is going to light it up? Everything that we hear was he was struggling in training camp. But we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they're the Green Bay Packers, right? San Francisco 49ers don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Yeah, they got a solid defense, but they weren't very good last year. So how is it that we're going to give them an opportunity? They're going through a quarterback battle with a guy in Jimmy Garoppolo that you're not sure on and a guy in Trey Lance who still needs to find himself as a quarterback. But you're still going to put teams like that in the top 10. Giving teams the benefit of the doubt based on situations that you feel are adequate. But looking at the New Orleans Saints, oh, they're not good enough. With Jameis Winston, a guy who threw for 5,000 yards, and the only thing that he needs to do is cut those interceptions in half, and you're telling me that the Saints are not a playoff team? You're telling me this isn't one of the most well-coached teams in the NFL? Are you telling me that this team can't make the playoffs when you have seven teams now that can make the playoffs? That's a bunch of BS. I will not buy that. And I hope they're not trying to sell that to me. Maybe you can sell that to the masses or a bunch of people that don't like the Saints. Maybe that's what they want to hear. But this is a good football team. And the disrespect that I see on a consistent basis by the national media before this team even took a snap. This team, this team ain't even took a freaking snap. And they already hating on this squad. They already hating on the team. How is it every single year for the last four seasons, the Saints have been uh, division winners, top one, top two, top three seeds in the playoffs. But all of a sudden you're telling me that a quarterback over the last two years who missed nine games is still the main reason why this team has found success. I love Drew Brees to death. We all love Drew Brees. We're, we're forever indebted to the pride and dignity that he bestowed upon the New Orleans Saints organization. But let's just be 100 here. If you've been watching Saints football, the Saints have been a really good football team, and they have been winning games in spite of Drew Brees. Drew Brees missed nine games. Two different quarterbacks came in, and the Saints only lost once. And you're telling me, you're telling me that, a guy who has better arm strength, better intangibles than Taysom Hill. A guy who has better arm strength and better arm talent than that of a Teddy Bridgewater. Not decision-making. I'll give you that for right now, for what we've seen. You're telling me that you cannot win with a guy like that. I mean, somebody explain that to me. Somebody explain this situation to me because it just does not make sense at all. So, I mean, that's my spiel. That's my spiel, man. I'm going to go ahead and go to the comments. I apologize, but I had to let that out. The disrespect that the New Orleans Saints get year after year is just downright ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like, how is it that teams get the benefit of the doubt based on coaching? based on front office, based on the moves and shakes that, that these people make? How is it that these teams can find success? How is it that a team like the Cowboys, what have they done? Seriously, what have they done besides race the field with those silver hammers with a star on there? How is it that these guys are constantly ranked in the top 10? How is it that they constantly get the benefit of the doubt? Oh, they got the talent, but that talent hasn't showed up. 
Defensively, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Offensively, they, they couldn't keep a drive going to save their mama life. But yet, year after year after year, we have to hear ad nauseum about this mediocre football team. Just because they feel like the Nielsen Raiders at the end of each quarter is going to give them the results that they want. So they downgrade good, decent teams like the Buffalo Bills, the New Orleans Saints, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you know, the, the Rams, the 49ers, to talk about this trash that hasn't seen a Super Bowl since Friday, the first Friday with Chris Tucker and Ice Cube, great style big screens. This is what they're trying to feed us, folks. They want to tell us every single year that the Cowboys are contenders, but the Saints are pretenders. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, like, what is this we talking about here? This is a straight up 100% joke. That is one of the reasons why if somebody calls me, you know what I'm saying, a shock jock, I get ticked off because I don't fall into that category. Neither would I want to fall into that category. I'd rather sit up here constantly week after week, day after day to give people the real than to sit up there and soil myself with, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and disrespect people. By just giving them a bunch of nonsensical rhetoric that I know ain't true. Ridiculous, man. It's hard to be a black quarterback nowadays because they want to see the white boy shine. Look, I don't know if it's a black or white thing or it's just a, a, a fact that they don't want to see a person succeed in general except for the people that they want to, right? You know what I'm saying? They, they got their picks and chooses. I can't say that because... You know, they, they praise people like Russell Wilson. They praise people like Patrick Mahomes. You know what I'm saying? Even before the, all the situation with Deshaun Watson, he was up there and Lamar Jackson. So you have those guys. You have those guys. But if you want to talk about short leashes, now we talking. You know what I'm saying? If you want to talk about, you know what I'm saying, not being able to have a down year, now we talking. But to say that they don't want them to be successful, no. But the, as far as maybe taking steps back when they've been sh when they show they can sh they can show you success then 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 we got something sam donald is trash look i'm not saying that the dude trash i'm not saying that he can't resurrect his career brian i'm not saying that at all what i'm saying is how is it that this guy gets the benefit of the doubt oh it's the system oh it's the coaching oh it's the organization excuse me tampa bay they won a super bowl but they haven't seen a playoff since 07 I was a junior at Jackson State University when them boys made the playoffs. I was a junior. I'm 35 years old. So I feel like they kind of fall into that same category as the Jets. I'm just being real, folks. If you want to talk about one team, let's talk about another. We can't just negate the fact that they've been a train wreck just because they found success one year. That don't negate the fact that those guys were struggling before Tom Brady got there. So where was Jameis Winston? Where was he at? What, 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 was he in New England? Huh? Was he in Kansas City? I mean, I, I'm not sure. Like, where was he? This team is basically on the same playing field. And like I said, this ain't a knock at Tampa Bay or nothing like that. They won the Super Bowl. They got bragging rights, but they have not been a really good franchise. The, the most diehard Buccaneers fan will tell you that. I dare to say maybe a skin color. I don't know what the I don't know what the heck it is. I, I I just I hope that ain't the case, but it's ridiculous. All day, every day. Because he's black, sometimes that's the answer, and we try to avoid it. We've been on this ish list for years. I don't expect that to change anytime soon. Absurd. Preach. I ain't scared to say it. It's because Jameis Winston being a black quarterback has everything to do with it. Look. All, all I'm saying is this. I do think that, the, you know, in, in some cases, right, I think in some cases it, it's because of the color of their skin. I will say that. But I think that in other cases it's because people want to act a fool and joke and be entertaining and yell and scream to the top of their lungs and, be looking all crazy and, and and sipping and eating cookies and stuff like that while somebody else talking for the for for the entertainment uh, factor of it. So saying that he a bust, saying that he trash, saying that he not a good quarterback, 
it's going to create rhetoric. You know what I'm saying? It's going to create narrative. It's going to create tweets. It's going to create follows. It's going to be quick, create clicks. And that's what some of them really want. Now, I would be lying to you if I said in some cases, it is probably based on the color of their skin. But you have some people out there that are just doing things for shock value, too. This ain't nothing but privilege. That's all this stuff is about. Jameis Winston will get more criticism than Sam Donald. That's sad. Uh, I love when the Saints get slept on. Look, it's not even like, look, I just want I just want fair. I just want what's fair. I just want a fair exchange. Like. It bothers me when I know people are selling me nonsense. It bothers me when I know people are not being 100 with me. It bothers me when I know people are doing things for nefarious reasons. It bothers me. It bothers me because I know what they're selling isn't what people need to be buying. And there's a responsibility as media members to give people what they need to hear and and come through with the facts. They got too much stuff that is wrapped up in opinionated pieces that people are selling as facts. These are not facts that people are saying, or they tell you have truths. Like, for example, at the beginning of Jason McIntyre's diatribe, right? He says, Sean Payton went with Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston, making it seem like Jameis Winston was so bad last season that he couldn't even see the field. But let's look at this and we, as, as Saints fans, people that follow this team day after day, how irresponsible is this? That you know for a fact that the reason why Taysom Hill started over Jameis Winston is because Taysom Hill was in a contract negotiation and one of the perks or one of the stipulations was if something was to happen to Drew in the season, Taysom would get an opportunity to start. Sean Payton told Jameis Winston this before he even signed with the Saints. Now, we know this as Saints fans, right? We know this. We know that's the case. But they're selling to the general public, people that may not follow the Saints. And with this, they're creating a narrative as if Jameis Winston was so trash that they, he couldn't even start over a guy that a lot of people consider as a tight end masquerading as a quarterback. That is irresponsible. That is irresponsible. If you're going to tell a story, tell it all. They'll say things like, they they say things like this. Like I said, as a casual fan that probably don't follow Saints football, now you got stuck in your head, oh, the Saints are doomed. Because if he's not better than Taysom Hill, and we know that he's not the best quarterback in the world, oh, they're going to fail. That is irresponsible, folks. That is irresponsible. And that's the stuff that I'm talking about here. That, that's, that's what I'm trying to get at, folks. Who cares about the media? Uh, why even talk about them? I talk about them because, number one, I like to consider myself as a member of the media. And I know for a fact that I try to do my best to try to give people the skinny, the real deal, holy feel. Okay? I, when I get behind... Uh, this mic or my mic at home, mic at my uh, at my office. I don't try to get behind the mic and just try to sell you guys a bunch of nonsense. I tell people all the time, even if this is your first time checking out the podcast, I do not do podcasts if I know that I'm not going to give you my all. I haven't done enough research in order for me to get behind the mic because I owe it to the general public. I am not trying to make it based on the fact that, oh, I'm so super entertaining. Or, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm all, I give you all this different shock value type uh, rhetoric. I don't do that. And I just feel like the media has a responsibility. And, yes, it's good to be entertaining. And, yes, it's good to make people, you know, gravitate to you and, and tune into what you're doing. But as a member of the media, you have a responsibility to give people the facts. To give people the facts, not what you consider are the facts. If you want to give people the facts and then give your opinion based on those facts you've given, fine. But some people are making these opinionated pieces facts. And you have people that don't know how to decipher opinion pieces from facts, and they run along with this information, and they feel like they get the truth, but they don't. That is the reason what's, that, that's the reason why I'm upset. That's the reason why. 
I'm going to scroll down a little bit. I'm going to go to Kim. I think the national media just don't like us, but hey, it's cool. We all we got. You know, I don't even think it's just the, the fact that they don't like us. I said it before. I think it's the, the it. America to me loves nostalgia. This, now, this is my opinion. America loves nostalgia. That's the reason why you have all these different movies that we used to watch as kids come back out and we run to the movie theater to watch them because we love nostalgia. And football, when it comes to the media, is nothing but a bunch of nostalgia. If your team is known for having historical significance with Super Bowls and, and you know what I'm saying, NFL films and all that stuff right there, they give you the benefit of the doubt. No matter if you're a successful franchise, you're on the brink of being a successful franchise, or you are a, a successful franchise, they try to they give you the benefit of the doubt. When you have other teams emerging, they don't want to talk about those teams because they feel like the people that's going to look at their shows, they've probably been football fans for a long time and they've been following these teams that have been extremely successful since the 70s. So that's the reason why they bring out the Packers. That's the reason why they bring out the Cowboys. That's the reason why they bring out the Steelers. That's why the reason why they bring out New England, because for the last 20 years, they've been the most successful franchise in football. They bring these teams out, the Giants, the Eagles, all because of these rivalries, these historical rivalries. And and the teams that are on the come up, that have success, that have the right coaching in place, those teams get, they fall by the wayside. Unless like something tragic is happening to the team or they want to expose that team's failures. For example, they, they want to talk about the Saints making the playoffs constantly. But when Michael Thomas had a problem with Sean Payton or what they thought, I mean, that was on everybody TV, right? Oh, the Saints are imploding right before our eyes. Oh, they're going to fail. Look at this. They can't even get Michael Thomas in place. Oh, they lost this. They lost that. All hope is lost. But the Cowboys lose Dak Prescott. But tune in, 7 o'clock, primetime, NFL, NFL on NBC. We got the Dallas Cowboys. Two and seven, taking on the New England Patriots. You don't want to miss that. Will the Cowboys win the NFCs at two and seven? Give me a break. Give me a break. The only reason why the critics are counting us out because Breeze retired, TJ point blank, period, who that? But that's the thing. That's where the responsibility comes in. The Saints have won eight games without Drew Brees over the last two years. So saying that the Saints cannot find success in the absence of Drew Brees is not true. It's not. If we're going to base power rankings based on the things we have seen or the possibilities of things that could happen, why can't the Saints be in the top ten? Like, I, I can care less about this because if the Saints start winning, they're going to move up the power rings. But I'm just saying, if we're doing this based on what we have seen over the last two years, we've seen the Saints with two different quarterbacks. One guy a lot of people consider as a tight end masquerading as a quarterback. I don't fall into that category. I think, you know, Taysom Hill is a good Swiss Army knife, but he can throw the football too. But what I'm saying is, based on what you have seen, based on the narrative that they're bringing out, how is it that the New Orleans Saints can't get the benefit of the doubt, but the Dallas Cowboys, who have missed the playoffs, what, two years in a row? They get in the top 10, 49ers missed the playoffs. They get the benefit of the doubt, right? Green Bay didn't know Aaron Rodgers was coming back until about a couple weeks ago. They get the benefit of the doubt, but not the Saints, though, right? Somebody help me make sense of that. Somebody help me make sense. Help me make sense of that. Corey says people forget Sean made Drew who he is, uh, made him a smarter player. Remember the Chargers drafted Eli Manning because they were done with Drew, but he requested a trade and they got stuck with Rivers. Jameis is going to be uh, Gucci and prove everyone wrong. Uh, Corey, you know, you make some valid points there. Uh, number one, the point that I would say of Sean Payton making Drew Brees, um, I think it's a collection of both. I don't care how great a coach is. If you don't have the talent, the skill set, the know-how, 
and, and a drive to be a great quarterback, it's not going to happen. All right. So we got to give Drew some credit in that regards. Do, did he open up the playbook in order to allow Drew Brees to succeed on a high level? Absolutely. I think it takes two to tango. It takes two to make the thing go right, as the song would say, right? So I would agree with that, okay? But I think a lot of that stuff had to do with A.J. Smith, who was the general manager of the Chargers at the time. Everybody wanted that Rob Johnson-type quarterback, six, 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 seven, looking strong and tall in the pocket. And, you know, Drew Brees didn't fit that mode. You know, I always say that Drew Brees had to, you know what I'm saying, like Drew Brees and Doug Flutie, these guys – had to succeed in order for guys like Baker and guys like Russell Wilson and guys like Kyler Murray to even get an opportunity in the league. So what Drew Brees was doing was unheard of, man. Being that size, he had to break down a lot of barriers for a lot of these shorter quarterbacks. So I just think that he didn't fit that status quo. Thus, the reason why they decided to go with somebody like Eli Manning, who's 6'3", or Phillip Rivers, who was 6'5". So I just think that, that, that it was that old mind frame of what a quarterback needs to look like. But I just think that Sean Payton, even back then, wanted to prove the naysayers wrong. I, I always say, man, Sean Payton is, the, is like my grandmother when she used to go to those garage sales as when I was a kid. You know, she used to buy all these different things. And when she used to get home, my, my grandpa used to see the van coming up to the driveway. You know, he let off that big sigh because he, re- he thought, man, she's just going to have a whole bunch of stuff we don't need. And then – you fire my grandmother moving stuff out of a van and you see some of the same stuff uh, that she got from the garage sale being used in all different places. That's how I look at it with uh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton is the same exact way. Sean Payton is a guy that can utilize a guy's strengths and, a, and, and take a guy that a lot of people would probably write off and uh, make some work out of, you know, get some work out of. So. Uh, but I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast and uh, just want to remind you all that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Uh, Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, use the promo code State of Saints. You will save 20% off of your purchase. Once again, Manscaped.com, search State of Saints or use the promo code State of Saints. You will save 20% off. Let's get back to the comments. Not that big of a market like Cowboys and Packers. Uh, the league is run by businessmen. They boost the teams who will be bringing big money. Well, look, I'm not the smartest man in the world. Awesome. I understand the Cowboy aspect, but I don't understand the Green Bay Packers aspect. Green Bay Packers is, ma- Green Bay is making it off nostalgia with, with Vince Lombardi and, and Bart Starr. That's, that's what they're making it off of. And Brett Favre. You know, it, they, I mean, New Orleans is much bigger than Green Bay, Wisconsin. I, I will tell you just that. It's the nostalgia act. It is the nostalgia of the National Football League that is making these teams work. You know, and and I mean, I'm just saying, if, if we're basing attention on success, some of these teams shouldn't be talked about. Winston is coming off a 5,000-yard season and has the best O-line and vision of his entire career. We will be all right. Jameis just uh, go through his progressions and checkdowns and not try to do too much. Yeah, I mean, I think that will work for him, Sean, you know, if he does that. But I'm just saying that people not believing that this guy can do that is, like, laughable. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's ridiculous. He can do these things. He can get it done. You know, like – People act like this dude was throwing for 30 interceptions every single year of his career. And, you know, like people will say stuff like, you know, I mean, Peyton Manning threw well, almost 30 interceptions. Brett Favre, oh, it's a different league. But, yeah, it may have been a different league, but let, let's let's pay attention to this, folks. Let's take a look at this. They still was throwing the football all over the place based on the talent and the arm talent and the arm strength of these quarterbacks. So, regardless, they threw those amount of interceptions. So I, I just don't understand it. And like I, like I said, it's not like this guy played his first season. It, it's not like he, he didn't have other, other seasons that were formidable. Packers have been to the NFC Championship game the past two seasons. I'm sorry that's not nostalgia, TJ. I mean, look. 
Where were they the last couple of years? Now, I'm, I'm just being honest. Where were they the last couple of years? They went to back-to-back NFC championship games. But before that, they were a team. Let, now, let's put this into context now. They were a team that had Aaron Rodgers and a high-powered offense, Mike McCartney as their head coach, and they could not, they could not put together a decent enough defense. So my question is this. How is it that a team still, like they still was talking about them, still acknowledging their greatness, still acknowledging Aaron Rodgers, still putting these boys on the TV every single time, in spite the fact that we all knew that they defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. They still got the benefit of the doubt. If the Packers are losing, they're still going to get talked about. When the Chicago Bears was really good, when the Minnesota Vikings were, you know what I'm saying, really good, winning the division, they still were talking about the Packers. They still put these guys into the storylines is what I'm saying. But if it's the Saints, it's never like it's never anything positive about this team. If if the Saints beat the Patriots, it's never going to be like, oh, the Saints did a good job. The Saints neutralized the Patriots. No, it's going to be the Patriots. What did they do wrong to not be able to beat the Saints? It's, it's never like, oh, the Saints aren't good enough to beat the Patriots. The Patriots beat themselves. And this is how we're going to show you how they did it. The Green Bay Packers went to back-to-back NFC championship games. That is true. I will not dismiss that. But the Saints have won more regular season games than any other team in the last four seasons. They went to the NFC championship game in 2018. They went to the divisional round of the playoff last season. So just because the Green Bay Packers took one step forward than the New Orleans Saints over the last couple of years does not mean that they should get, I mean, I mean, somebody make that make sense to me. If, if we're looking at success, right, if we're looking at a team that has a really good quarterback and a questionable defense, how is it that the New Orleans Saints get pushed to the side, the Green Bay Packers don't, when they went through the same exact situation? Great quarterback, mediocre to below average defense. That, that, that's all I'm saying. Somebody help me make sense of that. I'm just saying, like, if, if it, it, you can't tell me that nostalgia doesn't have something to do with the fact that they continuously talk about the Green Bay Packers like that. I don't believe that. Mr. Rob, you're right because of Vikings cry. Uh, double standard, man. Who that? Inevitable. Nah, bro, the Rams are definitely disrespected. Maybe not as much as the Saints, but they are. Look, I mean, the Rams to me. Um, the Rams to me, I think they always get that attention because of Sean McVay. I mean, he's the youngest coach in the league. He's an offensive innovator and they want him to be the next coaching superstar. So you try to elevate a guy like that, not to mention the fact that they're in Los Angeles and a lot of people consider them as the real Los Angeles team and no disrespect to the Chargers, but that's just what it is. Nobody's looking at the Chargers as being the official team of Los Angeles. They always look at they always look at the Rams. So didn't Brad Favre have a 20 touchdown, 29 interception season once? It was something like that. It was something like that statistically, you know. But like I said, that's just the way things go sometimes. John says people like uh Nick uh, Underhill said that we're going to be a terrible team this year. Uh, Nick Hill. You're saying Nick Underhill or Nick Hill? Uh, we're going to be a terrible team this year. TJ is just sad that they think of us. I don't know if we're talking about Nick Underhill. I hope not. I don't think Nick said that. But I don't know exactly who Nick Hill is. Um, you know, But if he said that, then I just think they're sadly mistaken. Uh, Packers have been to the NFC Championship game. Oh, yeah, I already, said, I already read that one. You know, I, I, like I said, I just feel like Mike McCarthy is where he belongs in Dallas. <laughs> I agree. You know, being a puppet that that he can be to, to keep a check and let uh, Jerry Jones run the organization and the team. Chargers are like the Clippers, basically. Basically, that, that's a, that's a good that's a good example right there, Toothpick. You're you're absolutely right. 
Jamal said, man, in fact, I'm tired of hearing about the Packers. Look, I ain't got nothing against the Packers. I, I, I really don't. I ain't got nothing against them as a team. Uh, like, you know, like uh, Tuck said, they went to the NFC Championship game two years in a row. I ain't trying to – I'm just using this as an example. It wasn't always like this, okay? Before Matt LaFleur got there, it was good offense, mediocre, below-average defense. And yet, you know, they still were getting talked about at, at nauseum. But I just feel like good teams need to be talked about. Good teams need to be acknowledged. Rather than the Saints or any other team, they need to be talked about. That, that's all I'm saying. Like, don't don't discredit the team. Don't discredit the squad because it don't fit into your agenda. Because you want to elevate the Cowboys and elevate the, the Patriots and elevate the Eagles and all this type of stuff. Like, if a team loses, what, you know what I'm saying, like 36-3 or 24-6, give credit to that team that won. Don't be like, oh, man, this went wrong. This went wrong. That went wrong. They don't, just, don't just talk about the team in passing. Don't just put the team up there and just talk about the team for two minutes in a 15-minute, you know, dialogue. Don't just talk about the team for two minutes and spend another 13 talking about the team you want to talk about just because you know that's going to be a ratings grab. Like, give me a break, man. Like, give me a break. Uh, don't censor me, bro. Real Saints fans low-key feel like over the last four years that Breeze had already retired, we who have gone, gotten the second ring. You know it's true. Look, I'm not going to lie about that. I think there's some I think there's some validity. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really do, man. Like, I think that the inability to throw the ball down the field, the inability to create the kill shot has cost the Saints in many situations. You had a lot of these teams that would be able to sit on routes, doing a lot of cover two, playing a lot of man, you know what I'm saying, jamming these receivers, and they, they dared Drew Brees to throw the ball over their head. And when they couldn't, I mean, when he couldn't do it, it just cost the Saints to be able to nickel and dime the ball down the field. And if you can put some pressure on Drew Brees, get the ball out of his hand, get the three and out, then you get the ball back. You know what I'm saying? And we know most of the time the Saints going to throw the football. So if the pass is incomplete or, you know what I'm saying, a pass is dropped, it stops the clock. And it gives that team more chances in order for them to get on the field in order to win football games. So, yes, I do feel like it. Do I feel like it from a strategic standpoint or somebody that's – if 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 Drew Brees had his skill set and Jameis Winston's arm strength, the Saints would have won at least three or four Super Bowls. But I just feel like the Saints fixed. I think the Saints fixed the team too late. Now that, that just that's how I feel about it. I, I don't feel like you're wrong, and I and I definitely don't feel like what you're saying is, is out of you know what I'm saying is out of pocket. I, I agree with that. Drew Brees in the twilight of his career couldn't get the Saints where they needed to go because he 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 lacked the certain tools that they had when he was in the prime. He lacked them, so. I don't think that's wrong to say. I think that's fair because I feel the same way. The Saints, like, the Saints had opportunities to create the kill shot. You know? You know, he had, he had the, they had the ability to create the kill shot, but they couldn't because Drew Brees couldn't throw over their head. I, I put it like this. For anybody that feels like this is out of pocket, I say this. I say this to you. Why is it that anytime we see Drew Brees going deep over the last three years, we were shot? If, if there's no validity behind what we're talking about, why is it that when Drew Brees throws the ball down the field deep over 20 yards, we were shocked? I love to see the Saints versus the Chargers Super Bowl. The media uh, wouldn't know what to, uh, to talk about. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. I know Jameis talks about being Superman or Clark, but he's going to have to be Superman, especially when we come back in the dome. Well, I don't think so. You know, I just think that he needs to take care of the football, throw the ball down the field when need be, hand the ball off to Elvin Kamara, not be afraid to, to you know, to, to check the ball down when your deep pass is not there. If he can cut his interceptions in half, he can go to between 12 to 15 interceptions. I think the Saints will be straight. I mean, I, I really do. I really feel that way. 
man, this dude lives under a rock for real. <laughs> There's a small window of peak of physical and mental ability. We just missed Drew's window by a year. Uh, look, I think I think that if the Saints probably would have fixed the team around 2014, 2015, they would have been straight. I just think that they had a lot of uh, issues in the locker room. And morale was down. And it was a lot of stuff that we didn't know about as fans. But Monica says you're telling nothing but the truth. I mean, look, I'm I'm just saying what I feel is, you know, what I feel is the truth. I don't know if it's anybody else's truth, but it's it's mine. Uh looks like that LASIK surgery helped out too. Well, I mean, the season hasn't started yet, so we'll see. Uh try not to take it there with you, brother. Inevitable SPT, I like the Saints. Uh, Kevin White was assigned to the practice squad. Okay. Well, I mean, good for him. You know, good for him. I I, 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 I didn't really want to go out here and just talk about him, you know, with those drop passes. I mean, I kind of feel where you're coming from, having played the game in a long time, nervous, uh, probably, you know, still having questions about your body in real time, in real situations. And so hopefully he can get it together, man. So if he did make the practice squad, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. Uh, I think the Saints are going to be fine. Yeah, me too. Two to three years. Yeah, I agree with that. I just think that if they had a better defense, they would have been a really good football team. They probably could have won at least one Super Bowl. Uh, Giants versus Ravens, worst Super Bowl level. <laughs> uh, it was because it was a defensive. Nah, nah. The Rams and the, and, the, and the Patriots was the worst Super Bowl level. I'm sorry. And it's not because that was sour grapes. And I'm pretty sure Patriot fans were excited about that, but. Nah, that was the worst Super Bowl ever. I never saw that Super Bowl, but based on the score and some of the comments I've seen, yeah, that was the worst. I'll say you one thing. Till uh, the time Jameis has a couple of years rest of the league, we'll still judge him by 30 for 30, no matter if you like it or not. I don't think they're going to judge him based on the 30 for 30 if he goes out there and perform. Uh, number one, if he goes out there and he has like a stellar season, and he's like almost like comeback player of the year in an MVP conversation. I think uh, I think Sean Payton gonna solidify himself in Ken. Like I'm serious. Like we already know as a coach uh, taking a struggling franchise to their first Super Bowl, uh, taking uh, a quarterback that a lot of people consider undersized and turning him into a legendary quarterback. If he can take a guy that a lot of people have written off. And, and said that he's not good and said he's a turnover machine. If he goes out there and put this dude into MVP conversation or if Jameis leads the Saints deep into the playoffs or need I say a Super Bowl, Sean Payton is going to the Hall of Fame. I think that Sean Payton is on the cusp of the Hall of Fame. I think he need a couple more winning seasons to solidify himself. But if he can do this with Jameis Winston, he going to the Hall of Fame. That, that's not a doubt in my mind. Jared Lewis says, if you're not rolling with Jameis Winston and New Orleans Saints, you're nothing. <laughs> well, some people don't like the Saints, man. Some people fans of other teams. I, I look, I can I can understand that, but I, I don't understand like the media like trashing a team based on their own personal feelings and not facts. Saints are still a playoff team. I believe that slims out. Uh when the Saints beat the Packers, I want to see what them folks say. That'd be interesting to see. I can't wait to see Jameis go up against the Bucks. Saints Uptown said Jameis had like three head coaches and a plethora of offensive coordinators. Yeah. But nobody takes that into account. But your boy Sam Donald, though, you know, Sam Donald, I mean, he had the short end of the stick. My goodness. I mean, he was he was God awful, wasn't he? You know what I'm saying? But he was God awful because Adam Gates was his coach. This man had three head coaches. I mean, come on, man. Different offensive coordinators. Still don't get no respect. I'm going to read a few more, then we're going to get up out of here. Neil says, if Sean Payton can coach Tony Romo to winning seasons as an undrafted free agent, playing with the first-round quarterback in Winston is going to do well. I I agree with that. Uh, I'm from Brazil, and I keep real people will uh, start tuning Saints and wish those 60-yard balls start flying. And guess uh, what? There's nothing you can do about it. Well, look, I guess uh, what he's saying, and, and shouts out to uh, Fernando out there in Brazil. Um, I guess he's saying people going to respect it when the 60-yard bombs are going to start flying. I agree with that, my friend. I, I agree with that. You know, I think if the Saints become an explosive offense, offense that we know this team can be, 
I think people are going to start putting respect on this team name. Uh, Faith-based workplace says hit that like button. Yeah, if you're enjoying the show, hit the like button. Uh, that's very important when developing a quarterback. I agree. TJ, are you going down to Jacksonville for the Saints game? You know what? I thought about that, man, because I'm nothing but like five and a half hours away from Jacksonville. So that might be interesting, man. I might see, I might try to go down there. Then my brother-in-law, he's uh, he's in the Navy station out there, man. So shouts out to my uh, brother-in-law, James. Uh, I might uh, have to hit him up, man, see if I can, uh, you know, come out there and, uh, you know, chill at the crib, you know what I'm saying, while I go to the Saints game. <laughs> We'll see, man. That's interesting. I'll probably be able to go to two Saints games because if they okay, because week one, because week one they play in Jacksonville, right? So that's five and a half hours from me. And then week two, they play in Carolina, which is three hours. So I might be able to go to both games. Um, I'm up here in cowboy country. They're gonna win the Super Bowl every year. Yeah. That's what they've been saying since uh the first Friday was out. Tiffany uh, analysts keep overreacting to Michael Thomas being out. Thomas was either suspended, playing injured. Or out and we were fine. I can't take them serious. Yeah, you act as if Michael Thomas played all season last year, like all every game last season. Uh, love your videos. Keep up the good work, Paul. Thank you very much. And shouts out to Paul Williams. I don't know if that's the Paul Williams, the former boxer, but uh, <laughs> uh, let's shock the world. Who that? To that? Grab tickets for the Saints versus Washington in October. Um. Man, I'm, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to check, man. I, I mean, that Jacksonville game that, that is very appealing to me. I ain't gonna lie to you. That, that is not far from me. Uh, TJ, uh, what's with the Chicago Bears T-shirt and ball cap? Uh, no, man, nah, no. This is a this is a Kodiak bear. This is not the Chicago bear. This is a Kodiak bear. <laughs> and this shirt was given to me by my wife on uh, on Father's Day. You know what I'm saying? So look. Maybe you ain't married, but uh, you have to know about compromise, okay? And I'm not going to say I ain't going to wear a shirt that my wife thought would look nice on her husband uh, because, you know, you think it look like Chicago Bears. Look, I ain't trying to sleep on the couch. You know what I'm saying? I'm 35. My back ain't what it used to be. So I'm going to wear this shirt, okay? And we're going to say this is a Kodiak bear, and it's not a Chicago bear. This is a Kodiak, you know what I'm saying? A, a grizzly. That's what this is, okay? It ain't got nothing to do with the Chicago bear at all. All right, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> TJ, they're going to say the only reason we won the Super Bowl is because of a hurricane like Katrina. They can say whatever they want. But like I said, that doesn't make any sense because the Saints went to the NFC Championship. Uh, they went to the NFC Championship game in 2006, uh, a year after Katrina happened. And if the, Saint, if the NFL wanted the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, when you pick the year after instead of three years later, that makes no sense. So that's people that just – you know, that's just sour grapes. Uh, salute to you, uh, your brother-in-law. Not a good time for forces. Their morale is down. Yeah, man. I mean, he's been in the man. He's been in the navy for quite some time, man. He's been stationed out in Jacksonville for a couple of years now, and um, I went out there to visit him a couple of times, man. Some of y'all probably checked out a few videos back then when we went down to visit him. So I'm probably gonna have to get that boy a phone call, man. Try to see if I can, uh, you know. But I can stay at his crib, man, to go to that game. That that that's not bad, you know. It's not a that's not a bad thought. And, and honestly, I've thought about that. Dang, Devontae Freeman uh, didn't make your roster. Yeah, I mean, the Saints already was kind of deep at the running back position. I thought that it was a little bit of a long shot, and it was more to push Tony Jones to his full potential, which it really came out in some of those preseason games. Uh, TJ, have you got in touch with Bobby A. Bear yet? No, nah, no, nah, I haven't got in touch with him, but I've interviewed Bobby A. Bear before, you know, and I'm pretty sure when the season starts, I'll be able to get him back on the show again. Uh, that, that won't be an issue. Um, I've been uh, in contact with a few people, you know, I want to bring on to the show. Uh, one probably going to be confirmed uh, next week. I just have to uh, keep in contact with them because uh, the schedule was kind of crazy this week. So, I mean, we got some Got some guests coming up, you know, real soon. So you know, keep it locked to the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, Mike was absent, but we had an experience number two last year. Yeah. I mean, they still did fine. And Marcus Callaway is coming to his own. I mean, even Emmanuel Sanders said that last season. He said, man, watch out for Marcus Callaway. I'm telling y'all. This man, like, for, he, he, uh, for, uh, what, he foresaw or foreseen that situation occurring. Okay, and Emmanuel Sanders. Compromise, what if she gave you a cowboy shirt for Father's Day? Oh, she know better than that. She know better than that. And first, I mean, this is not an NFL shirt, man. This shirt actually comes 
from Target. Okay, this is a Target shirt right here. You know, my wife bought me a, a, a Goodwill as the name of those shirts in Target. This is a Goodwill shirt. Um, fits very nice, you know what I'm saying? Nice and comfortable shirt. And uh, it has absolutely nothing to do with a Chicago bear, okay, at all. Okay, this is a this is a California grizzly bear. Okay, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. But she know better to bring anything that's not related to any other team besides the Saints in the house. Like, she know that. Anything my wife buy me is going to be Saints-related if it comes from the NFL. I mean, that's just what it is. Katrina in 2005 won the Super Bowl in 2010. Yep. Love Callaway. Uh, like recognizes like. You know, Devontae Freeman equal glass. Yeah, I mean, he looked old out there, man. He looked old. Uh, I mean, why didn't Tampa Bay go get Jameis, A.B., Gronk, uh, Christian Wirfs, uh, Fournette, and Suckup? Well, here's the thing. They were going to re-sign Jameis. But, see, the, <laughs> this, is the, this is how it went. Drew Brees was really considering retiring last season. The team that was on Tom Brady's radar was the Saints. The Saints were his first choice. He was going to sign with the Saints. But when Drew Brees decided to come back, Tampa realized that, hey, man, this is a great opportunity for us, man. We can actually get a, a six-time Super Bowl champion. So guess what? If you have opportunity of getting a six-time Super Bowl champion versus a guy that, you know, you know, been up and down and erratic with the passing, who are you going to go with? They were going to sign Jameis back if, if Tom Brady didn't work out. And, you know, the only reason that wouldn't have worked out if Tom Brady would have signed with the Saints because the Saints were his first choice. Such is life, right? Target better throw you some money for that shout-out. <laughs> hey, man, I like Target, man. And that's more that's my wife's favorite store. Like, if you – if my wife uh, missing for three hours, I already know where she at, okay? I ain't even got to – I ain't even got a second guess, okay? I just going to roll up to the Target and I'm going to see her car out there. She loves that store. Spends more time at that store than she does at home on her off day. <laughs> the media forgets the Saints swept Tampa in a regular season last year. Yeah, man, but they beat the Saints when it counted, and that's what they're going to hold on to. Who is disrespecting the Saints? I think talking heads were praising Winston. Uh, No, Sam, not at all. Swept the whole division 6-0. and Experience uh, means something at wide receiver. Callaway showed out last year, but the but the sample was small. The sample, uh, I guess he's saying the sample was small. We need a possession receiver. But we don't know that for sure, Sam. Like, we can't say that guys can't elevate themselves. And we can't say that based on the fact that we, we can't, like, think about this, though. Think about this. Michael Thomas' first season, he played really well. What did the Saints do? They, they traded Brandon Cooks. Because they saw that Michael Thomas was going to be a legit threat as he develops in the system. All I'm saying is this. Sean Payton is a very strategic, cerebral guy. If Sean Payton felt that the Saints needed just a bunch of wide receivers, and he would bring in a bunch of wide receivers in order to fulfill that void. I think that it is huge and very eye-opening that he did not go out here and get other wide receivers. It's rather Sean Payton lost his mind or he has a lot of faith in these wide receivers. And looking at what I've seen on the field, those guys can ball out, man. I'm sorry. Like, they can ball. People can say whatever they want. The only difference is that we don't know these guys' names. That's it. That's the only difference. We don't know these guys' names. But once again, if you look at the 2006 Saints team, nobody knew who Marcus Colston was. Nobody knew who Terrence Copper was. Like, nobody really knew who David Thomas was. Like, nobody knew who these dudes was. Like, these dudes were just a bunch of guys on the team. You knew who Devery Henderson was. But if you ain't go to L.A., if you wasn't a fan of LSU or didn't watch the Bluegrass Miracle, you wouldn't know who Devery Henderson was. Devery Henderson was a guy who had a whole bunch of speed and bad hands. But they turned these guys into a formidable group. And these guys are some of the most well-respected receivers as Saints fans that we've ever seen. But they didn't, they didn't start this way overnight. It took a quarterback with a bum arm that coming off of surgery on his rotator cuff to come here 
with a collage of guys and made these guys relevant. I see the same situation happening again. But this time, you actually have a guy with a bet on. And like Drew Brees, people dismiss this guy. Is he is he still is he the, is he a, a good quarterback? Will this surgery affect him? Are the Saints going to win any games? It's the same situation, man. The only difference is Drew Brees was coming off surgery and uh, Jameis Winston is coming off a, a very bad season as a starter. Pammy said no one knew Lance Moore. Exactly. Nobody knew Pierre Thomas was. Nobody knew Pierre Thomas was. And let's just be real about this, folks. We all love Reggie Bush. But to say that Reggie Bush was a better New Orleans Saints running back than Pierre Thomas, I think you're reaching. I think you're reaching. I, I really do. I think you're reaching. And I have so much respect for Reggie, but he was not better than Pierre Thomas as a pro. College, pfft, no brainer. Far as um, NFL, I think we all can agree PL was better. And finally, Sean says Breeze wasn't all that great in San Diego either. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. I mean, you could say that had a lot to do with Marty Schottenheimer, the fact that it was more of a, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust type offense. They wanted to run LT. They had talent on outside, David Boston and Antonio Gates and stuff, but Still, man, you know, they, they wanted to run the football. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate your time. Appreciate the love. And also, before you get up out of here, make sure that you like the show. Give your boy a thumbs up. And also, if you have not already, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Hope everybody has a good day. Uh, my prayers are still going out to the people that are affected by Hurricane Ida. Uh, you know, I hope that you all are being safe. Uh, just make sure that, you know, just make sure that, you know, they're not uh, going outside and doing things that, you know, individuals and, and, and officials are telling you not to do. OK, you know, my prayers go out to you. I'm definitely going to have something uh, going pretty soon. Uh, we're going to be trying to, you know, possibly, you know, well, not possibly, but we're going to be trying to raise some money to try to send down there to the city of New Orleans in order to help with some of that uh, hurricane relief. I don't know exactly uh, how that's going to be uh, or when it's going to be, but we're going to try to uh, raise some money or try to uh, get some type of drive going so we can show those people down in New Orleans and the Gulf Coast region that we at the State of the Saints podcast are thinking about them and we love them. And uh, we're Louisiana strong. We're Gulf Coast throw, um, you know, and we're going to get through this together. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>